Oh, hi. Welcome to your cheeky little insight into being a Patreon member. If you are tuning into this episode, I would maybe recommend going back to the other episode that is in your podcast app that technically comes before this one, which is the Dating My Mates Agony Aunt Cat. You are now at the Dating My Mates Agony Aunt Patreon edition. I'm recording this uh, after the fact, the fact being my initial recording, so you're about to hear how I really feel about my Patreon members. If you want me to feel that way about you, you know what to do, patreon.com forward slash date my mates. Live, laugh, love you all regardless. Well, hello there. You lot are my favourite. There, I said it. Sue me. Please don't sue me. Um, thank you so much for being a patron. It, oh my god. It just means so bloody much. And, um, yeah, I put out a lot of free content. So you paying for my services is, yeah, really, really appreciated. Okay, so let's get on to the next questions that I'm going to answer. So, I keep dating guys who seem interested, then ghost or lose interest after date three. So, it's kind of fairly similar to the previous question that I answered in the non-Patreon episode, which is, I keep falling for guys and getting the ick, why? It's all about that pattern. And it's difficult because I know friends that have been treated poorly in relationship after relationship. And I was someone that would often get ghosted. And, or like, it would be really intense and then no one would get back to me after date three-ish. Um, and that was because I was fucking mental. I had a lot of issues, a lot of unresolved trauma. I was deep in several addictions and I was just a poorly girl. And I need, I wanted, thought I needed to be rescued by a relationship. Now, at the time, I didn't want anyone to tell me that I had a part to play in it. I wouldn't have listened to them. I'd have fallen out with them. You know, I think in every situation other than sexual abuse or violence against you, excluding those, they're kind of, you are always kind of the common denominator in a situation and you need to look at that. So I'm not saying that this person is as crazy as I used to be, but when I had to look at my part to play in things, a lot was illuminated to me. And I'll just give some background on how I would come into those situations. And it was all, it was the volume of intensity that I began the dating phase of the relationship with. And either that couldn't be sustained or they didn't want that to be sustained. So I'd be really, really fun, really, really engaging really sexy, I'd do it all for them, whatever I could pick up on that they wanted me to be. But then I would dump all my trauma onto them. And people don't want that straight away. You need to be at a place where you have trust. Both they trust you and you trust them to go to those places. And those things don't happen on date one, two or three. They happen down the line after, you know, fun and finding out about one another 
Now, as I said with the last question, this might be a case that you are expecting a certain behaviour, you perceive certain behaviours as love, perhaps you perceive disinterest as a challenge, perhaps it's the people that you are going for that are just not right for you, maybe they are all avoidant people and you are someone that is anxiously attached. What that means is that if you are anxious, you're preoccupied with your romantic relationships, you're constantly worried about where that next bit of validation from that person is coming from, when it's going to come, and also you need to know how much they like you, and if someone is an avoidant, they perceive intimacy as taking away from their independence, so the more you push, 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 the further they withdraw and retreat. There comes a time when you can then discuss how you work and what you need, but that, I personally don't think that's in the first three dates. I think that needs to be light. I think it needs to be fun. I think it needs to be a period of discovery for the both of you. So I think what you need to do is write down all the things that these people have had in common, write down the behaviours that have led to that from you, and have a look at why this pattern is emerging. Because if you are someone that's anxiously attached, that's fine. If you're someone that has that preoccupation, you can work with someone like me or another coach who can teach you how to undo that stuff to a certain extent. But then there also is a big part of it, which is accepting how you are and knowing that you are someone that needs that extra little bit of reassurance from people, you know? And if the people that you're going for are very, very distant people then you're always going to be in that anxious place and you're going to end up driving them away from your intensity. On the flip side of this, it could be that you're not putting in any fucking effort (laughs) and it's the other person that's like, oh, for God's sakes. You know, I don't know whether these dates are over the period of a year. Like, if you're having three dates with someone over the period of a year and you're not really making an effort, then no wonder they're not really getting back to you. But I would hazard a guess that this is more a case of you are frantically thinking to yourself what is wrong with me why are these people fleeing ghosting and you know there's nothing inherently wrong with you but perhaps the style of which you go about approaching these people or the kinds of people that you're going for needs a little bit of work have a general look at the fact that you know Are you ready to be in a relationship? Is there stuff that you need to go and work on about yourself? If that's the case, fucking go and do some deep diving into yourself for a year. Maybe even be celibate, you know. It can work wonders. And in the grand scheme of things, one year of your life of figuring out who the fuck you are, what your needs are, and if you need to resolve some traumas from your past, that is so worth it. That period of time which then contributes to you in the future being able to have a relationship that fulfills you and is a healthy one. By God, it's worth it. I did it. I had a year completely celibate. And what that meant was not even texting people, not even interacting with guys that I knew were interested because it wasn't good for me at the time. And if they are all wankers, then you're going for wankers and you need to stop going for wankers. So yeah, write down the things that came to play before that happened in all the situations find the common denominator and look at addressing that and changing it and I would suggest if you are someone that identifies with being anxious I would say the best thing to do is opening up your options not having all your eggs in one basket 
dating a couple people at a time, maybe even 12, whatever suits you, but eking out the dates and, um, you know, there might be stuff wrong with you. And I mean that in the most loving sense ever. There's always stuff wrong with us or things, you know, that we want to address, maybe put it that way. Um, And maybe it's time to go do that. But also, these things are practiced. You need to practice with people. So find out why the fuck you keep choosing these absolute dicks or why maybe you're being a bit of a dick in the situation, either to yourself or to them. Okay, the next question is, scared to have sex, it's been so long, thanks lockdown. Okay, I think sex can be scary because of the level of intimacy, especially if you've not had a drink and... Also, you know, if you've not had sex in a long time, and I often have periods of, you know, six months, a year, 18 months without any intimacy whatsoever, um, due to either working on myself, just enjoying being single, or pandemics, then it can be scary once you, you know, start thinking about even the fucking mechanics of it all, and like, oh my god, But I'll tell you now, if you find someone that you really, really click with, you really, really fancy, and you feel safe with, it will unfurl like a wonderful flower. It will be as natural as nature. Um, Like it will, you'll get into the swing of it, you know, it will, it will come naturally. Jesus Christ. And I think it will just flow and you'll enjoy it. And the trust thing is essential. If if you were in a place where you were like, I just want to fuck, where do I meet all the people that I just want to fuck? I'd be like, go on field, do your thing, fill your boots and your fanny, get going. But because you have that fear, it is important to create that safety within the relationship. And by relationship, I mean, you know, even if you're not in a, in an exclusive relationship, you're dating then it's, yeah, about discovering that person and feeling comfortable with them and asking them direct questions. Like, if you're someone that just is terrified to have sex generally, then get some practice in. If it's that you're terrified, like, scared to have sex because you are fearful of what that means afterwards, then you have to ask them direct questions, you know. Are you dating multiple people at the moment? Are you monogamous? what are you looking for? I'm not necessarily saying that's with me right now, but I want to know like where you're at with your dating stuff. And the other important part of this as well is, yes, of course, there has to be, you know, a symbiotic chemistry and connection between two people to have sex, but talk about it. You can, you know, if you do get to a place where you feel safe with someone that might even be on date one, you don't know, like people have the vibe. Um, Talk about it say that, oh god, I haven't had a shag in 18 months and I actually feel a bit weird about it. Or, you know, you can make it sexy and hot. You can ask them, what is it you like? You can tell them what you like. You can see if that is, you know, something that you think is gonna be compatible. And kiss them. Kiss them. Do loads of snogging and flirting and arm touching and heavy petting and see how it feels. Take it at your own pace. If you need to take it at a slow pace, make sure you let them know, check in, you know, do all that kind of stuff. There's no rush, but also sex is quite nice. Like, you'll get into it. You'll enjoy it. I would say it's like riding a bike, but I forgot how to ride a bike and fell off it 
it's easier than riding a bike. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, it's a mix of keeping the intrigue, but also getting open and honest communication and being straight up with people. And if someone said to you on a date, oh my God, I haven't had sex the whole of the pandemic, it's going to be weird, isn't it? You'd be like, that would op- that would be fun. It'd be funny. It'd be cute. It would like open up the conversation and they tell you where they're at, which is going to give you a lot of information and hopefully reassure you. And if they meet you with disdain or just being a general idiot, then you know that they are not the one that you want to be slapping meat against. God. <laughs> but yeah, I think that one's, you know, it's pretty simple, but I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I, you know, for me, I had a period of time where I went from being really unhealthy around sex to absolute celibacy and then going into it sober, which was something that I'd never done before. And that was scary for me. But you'll get in the groove and just get some lube and you'll be sorted. All right, then. I think that's it, really. Um, Yeah, thank you. You lot are my absolute favourites. And I'm also going to give you a little bit of info that I haven't shared with anyone else yet. So we're also going to be having some episodes that are called Dating My Mates the Morning After. Now, I'm going to have to be straight up with you. Evie did give me the name for that. It's very good. And I'm gonna re yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be revisiting guests that have been on before and they're gonna come back on and tell me their horror stories or uh how kind of being on the podcast has improved their dating life because I've had loads of lovely feedback from some of my friends, old and new, and the positive impact that the podcast has had on them, which is really cool. And there's also going to be some quite thematic episodes coming up. So I'm just playing around with different ideas. And um, yeah, it's, you know, I know this podcast is very loved. And that means a lot. So I'm putting a lot of love back into it. I'm just waffling now because I'm absolutely starving. But I hope you enjoyed. (laughs) Thank you so much for being a patron. (sighs) Just realised you all know my Patreon secrets now. Don't tell anyone else. Just tell everyone. Tell everyone about the podcast. Spread it on. Spread it on like an STI. Spread the word like an STI. Spread the word like an STI. STI, I love you.